0: Welcome to the NCO Journal Podcast, where we explore NCO professional development. This is a podcast series where we discuss published articles with authors and provide a forum for the open exchange of ideas, information, and solutions. I'm your host, Chago Zapata, Managing Editor of the NCO Journal at Fort Leavenworth, Kansas. Today, we discuss the article, The Role of the Sending Unit in Talent Management with Sergeant Major Roger Rendon and Lieutenant Colonel Joel Gleason from Human Resources Command. Before we kick things off, gentlemen, could you please tell us a bit about yourselves Let's start with you, Sergeant Major Rendit.
1: Thanks, Star Major uh, Roger Rendon, And uh currently the uh, G three Sergeant Major here at the Resources Command. Uh prior to this, uh I was the uh EPMD enlisted personnel management director at Star Major. And uh during uh you know my time there uh, from uh, nineteen to uh to January of twenty two, uh, you know, I filled that role. And uh, you know, uh, during also during that time we, we uh, did a lot of initiatives uh and the most notable one was the assignment uh, satisfaction key enlisted uh, uh, module the marketplace for uh, the enlisted corps i'll be uh, headed out to uh, western sector mepcom to be the uh, western sector command on major uh, coming in uh, july
2: i'm lieutenant colonel joel gleason um, i'm currently the uh, ordnance. Branch Chief for the Enlisted Personnel Management Division of HRC, uh, and the great thing about that job, you know, as an officer throughout your career, you always have uh, great NCOs in your corner, and specifically most positions, you have an NCOIC that you're partnered with who really makes you successful. I wouldn't be a Lieutenant Colonel if it wasn't for NCOs, and. As the branch chief for enlisted personnel management of the ordinance branch, um, I get to be I get to pay that back in some ways. Where I'm in uh, Sergeant Major Jones's corner, and now Sergeant Major Mendoza has just taken on the reins of the branch sergeant major, and it's just a great opportunity here. As you know, the the one officer looking over the the ordnance branch enlisted assignments, making sure that that all those NCOs who have made me successful have the best possible opportunities to be successful. Um, I'm formerly a garrison commander and uh, I'm, you know, a, a loggy by trade, uh, but this is just, you know, in the current seat, an opportunity to learn a little bit more about uh, those those non-commissioned officers in our great army.
0: Let's get started here. What what inspired you to write this article?
2: I'm going to answer that question because I was the, the primary guy who saw... That it needed to be an article, but it's absolutely not my idea. Uh, just sitting in the office, listening to um, Sergeant Major Jones talking to units in the field, there was a consistent conversation that uh, I, I overheard him having, which was about you know units would call in, they were losing somebody, especially if they were losing somebody they viewed as as high talent there's almost a consternation with that, you know, an attempt to, hey, can we hang on to this guy a little longer? And those conversations would turn from, you know, hey, if you train to this guy, you can train the next guy to a little better conversation about it. This person's leaving your unit. Don't think of them as a loss. Think of it as an opportunity to send them out into the army. And um, I've I've got a couple of professional articles I've written in my career. So, you know, that's where I go to. And I turn to Sergeant Major Jones and said, Hey, you should write that down. That's a great thing you just said. And um, you know, he he was definitely willing to make an outline and uh and use me as the person who typed it up. Uh, and so took a great idea from an NCO uh that, you know, has just some some leadership brilliance and then as we got working on it we pulled in sergeant major rendon to get it to have a a broader voice than just our branch and um it was really inspiring i would say if if anybody out there has a great idea look for that guy in your unit who loves to write or if you're a guy who loves to write but you're looking for an idea look for that you know non-commissioned officer out in your unit who has something that they keep saying to the formation but they're you know they're just not Inclined to write it down, and that's where this started. Um, and it was pretty cool to work with a, a team to get their brilliance out on paper. So it's uh, broader than just each phone call.
0: Yeah, the article is. Uh, you were, if you were to put it put on a down on paper, it'd be several pages long. And and if you were to break all that down into just like say one paragraph for say a young corporal, uh, or, or 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 newly pinned on sergeant, how would you take this paper, this full paper? and synthesize it to that to that length for, for that one individual who, who may not have that much experience as, a, as an NCO or in the Army in general.
1: I would say, you know, for that uh, young soldier, uh, NCO, whatever you want to call that person, uh, because I, I truly believe that, you know, this stuff starts down when you came into the military, into the Army, um, to, to break it down, to make it smaller. Think of talent management as a way to a form of uh, selling yourself to the entire army. Uh, You're not selling yourself just to a unit, uh, but rather the entire army. You have skills uh, that uh, can be utilized across uh, all formations, not just a formation. Folks always want to stay in one place because they feel comfortable. Um, And that's really uh, the crux of of this uh, uh, article. Uh, We can't just think, or you can't just think that you're going to be successful in one place. You're going to be successful in the Army because you, uh, the NCO the soldier, uh, have that uh, aptitude to do great in any formation and so if if units are doing what they're supposed to do uh if ncos are doing what they're doing then there is no challenge with uh i don't want to say losing an nco but um you know releasing that nco uh to broaden them elsewhere and then bringing other talent uh to uh to uh, make them great in your unit
0: now the the is based on the idea that soldiers shouldn't be lost, but should be sent. What are the consequences of thinking of talent management management as losses instead of gains?
1: We, we don't lose uh, talent. or The unit is not really losing talent. Talent exists in every unit. Uh, the talent is there. And if NCOs, if leaders are just training that one person, uh, to uh, to do a certain thing, um, and they don't want to lose them because they're they're their go-to person. Uh, you know, then then the unit is is not doing what they should be doing. Uh, units should be training everybody, everybody uh, to three great leaders, and so you have to think of uh, the market and anything like this as not losing talent, uh, but inspiring that talent to be great elsewhere uh, and so when units are you know losing quote unquote uh their folks from their unit and going to other units really what's happening is uh great talent is being replaced by great talent uh, you're not losing it it's being replaced by other great talent and so if if the army If units think of it in those terms, we're never really losing talent. Uh, We are just replacing
2: great talent with more great talent.
0: So what are some of the tools- Can I tie
2: something on to the end of that? Absolutely. And as units get the opportunity to send somebody out of their unit, one, they're gonna grow somebody behind that person. So we increase the talent. And when you, see somebody who's who's got a lot of experience in your unit and they're departing sure there's there's a little fear of loss with regard to um that departure but you also have that person who's so talented at what you do going to learn something else so it diversifies their talent really by growing their replacement and sending them somewhere else, we double the talent in the army. Whereas the consequence of viewing that as a loss and trying to hang on to that individual is that we cut the army's talent in half. We have to send people out to have a talented
0: army. This this kind of leads to my next question here. What what are some of the tools you were you would recommend using when counseling an, an NCO looking forward to an upcoming marketplace?
1: We we always at least uh, at least in my time there at, at EPMB uh and and even now and even before uh we always use the uh, DAPAM 600-25 those branches utilize uh that product uh to map out uh an NCO's career and so as a NCO as a leader it doesn't matter if the leader is an NCO or or a commission officer or what have you uh if you are not utilizing that NCO's career development map and DAPAN uh, 600-25, you're you're not counseling them to their full potential. Uh, That's one thing. The other thing is, and the professional development NCOs uh, do a really good job of this. Um, The NCOs need to communicate with the HRC, Human Resources Command, um, because a lot of times uh, folks you uh, think hey man i call hrc and uh, you know they're they're, they're going to put me on assignment no no that's that's not how uh this works uh, every nco uh now has a uh, ymap year uh, month available to move and so you know that's what that's how we are looking at folks to move the ymap uh, we're not just going to put you on assignment city cuz we feel it now uh, but uh, but those are those are two things um, and and the other thing and the other thing is, and I, I can't stress this enough, uh, when the NCO is inside a market, uh, those senior NCOs of that unit uh, know that their NCOs are in the market. They should do a little bit of uh, market mentorship. You know, uh, let's say for example, Sergeant Brendan is in uh, a market, and uh, you know we have uh, Sergeant Gleason, Master Sergeant Gleason, Sergeant Major Gleason, whatever, Colonel Gleason. Uh, who is uh, right there with them, and uh, you know, looking at those assignments that are that that uh, can uh, preference, uh, you know, they need to have a frank conversation uh, and say, hey, look, you know, based on uh, what we see here in your grade of map and D 625 and your previous assignments, uh, it, you know, I, I think you should preference, uh, you know, certain units uh, in, in this fashion. The professional development NCOs do a really good job of, of uh, you know, giving that information to the NCO uh, inside the market, uh, you know, broadening, operational, uh, things like that, and generating as well. And so using DAPAN 625, calling NCOs and then those senior NCOs or senior leaders inside the formation to do market mentorship are, are, are some of those key things uh, that uh, I, I say, uh, you know, help out. Uh,
0: with the NCOs in the market. Uh, and our, and a recent uh, series of articles by Sergeant Major Collins from the Sergeant Major Academy uh, discussed Project Athena. How would you tie Project Athena and it, uh, the personal self-assessment battery of tests uh, and how that, that helps uh, NCOs going through the par- marketplace? Yeah, and, and,
1: and Project Athena, you know, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it speaks to, you know, uh doing these evaluations and uh you know uh, figuring out uh you know your what your best fit is going to be if i'm not mistaken um and for the purpose of the of uh you know the market right now uh it's it's not tied in uh but i believe uh that uh if sake comes online that uh, that would be utilized a lot more
2: i i'm familiar with it i i could say something that kind of answers that question. So I think that gets into um, some of the concepts of what is the wise thing to do? Um, We want mentorship, but we want to make sure that our mentorship is for the individual we're mentoring. It's not something where we go and tell them to do exactly what our path was. Um, That's sometimes the right answer, but often, doesn't make sense so really the more they know themselves the more we can say hey what is the wise thing to do based on your talents your attributes your future goals your family needs where should you go um, and where is the next thing and that's maybe a way to have a conversation that breaks them out of the temptation to simply rank the market by location uh, but rather by what you need to do you know a technique i've used in the past where I have a number of assignments to rank. As I will block the ones that are this is the job I need the most, and here's the next job that would would help me out. And then I take those brackets to to Mrs. Gleason, and she ranks them by location. So hey, here's here's the five jobs that would be the right first choice for me. And by the way, uh, she's put this particular location first. And that know yourself conversation is about that, right? Because it's it's not just knowing your your NCO. Um, but also making sure that she's communicated with her husband, or he's communicated with his wife, or you know they're they're considering those other things, and um, you know if you're if you're somebody who's more interested in um, in getting your hands dirty in a tank engine than in um, sitting there and kind of getting studious, then maybe Army Futures Command isn't as interesting as one of the lifecycle management commands. I'm just thinking within the ordnance branch. Um, so that's really important in market mentorship is that you consider what the NCO knows of themselves.
0: When advocating to Human Resources Command for a great soldier, what are some steps you would take to ensure a successful outcome? So you
2: know, when
1: when uh, when you're advocating uh for an nco uh you know you're, you're you're really looking at that uh at that nco to uh perhaps uh you know uh, go into an assignment uh that will best fit that nco uh it's not so much uh, you know him or her moving just to move uh for example if there's there's uh you know times when uh Leaders will, uh, you know, mention to the uh, branch eight. Uh, this NCO, uh, might be a good candidate to uh, go to, let's say, Futures Command, uh, or be a drill sergeant, or be a recruiter, or, or or these these other, you know, nominative positions that are out there. Um, and, and it goes back to market mentorship. Uh, like I said before, you know, those those senior leaders have to uh, take that active role in going into. And seeing the market themselves to make sure that uh, you know they're they're doing that application, uh, uh, being that advocate for that NCO, uh, you know sometimes uh, there is a need to to uh, keep an NCO stabilize that NCO in that unit. Uh, for example, you have an NCO that's going to be a squad leader or a platoon sergeant or a section t- uh, section chief, or what have you, uh, or or uh, an S one NCO I see for a battalion or a brigade. Uh, you know those those NCOs, those senior leaders need to be able to uh, advocate for that NCO uh, correctly, and that goes into making sure that they can stabilize uh, said NCO. Uh, you know you have about forty-five days uh, prior to any market uh, to make sure that that NCO is stabilized. Uh, now things do happen, and so you know we uh, for, for for the most part. Uh, HRC is going to work with the unit but I can't overstate this. uh, Once an NCO is in the market, once an NCO is in the market, it's not about the unit that is going to end up uh, uh, having this uh, NCO depart from. It's about the other unit, gaining that NCO. Um, Because at the end of the day, that NCO or that gaining unit is going to be, you know, looking for that NCO to come on in. Uh, so we, we have to make sure that we understand that when we advocate, we have to be well uh, in advance of any marketplace. And so, you know, 45 days out, we wanna make sure that if we're gonna stabilize, want to, need to, uh, then those actions uh, are taken. Uh, but advocating for those NCOs, if you wanna stabilize them uh, for future uh, uh, leadership roles inside that unit, uh, is always uh, looked at uh, by hrc and, and 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 hrc will work with that unit but again once the nco is at the market uh you know it's 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 about that unit that's going to gain that nco
2: can i just tie on to that target major um that you know the the other part of it is is understanding uh, that HRC has shifted, as you said earlier, uh, from that year-month available to move, uh, or YMAV, um, to, well, they've shifted from looking at time on station as the primary uh, moving mechanism to now we have a year-month available to move, and the, the key word is available. It doesn't mean that NCO has to move, and so it's really something where, if you do the math back, 45 days before that NCO's entered into the marketplace really means, if it's a 36 month to ymav you're looking at somewhere between 24 and uh you know 26 months on station when that nco is going to be moving into a marketplace so that they can get orders in time to move so when you get somebody on station consider if you want to stabilize them consider if it's the right thing to do to um, pull their um, high school stabilization packet through a little faster to get it in to make sure that they're moving in the right direction, or stabilize them for a position, because they don't have to stay. They don't have to stay in your unit to stay on station, and that's what adjusting that YMav is about. If there's talent management to be done right at, say, for example, a big place like Fort Hood or or Fort Riley, or you know, you can keep those NCOs in place, then you should do it.
1: Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, and you bring up a great point because uh, there there are opportunities. Uh, like you said across those larger installations and even in the smaller installations where there's maybe four or five units uh there, theres there's opportunities there to grow uh and the nCO uh, does not have to stay in one organization their entire career or their entire time on that station uh to be successful and to grow uh and, and to gain that experience that's that's what that market mentorship and that's what that ad, ad, advocating for that nco, uh, it, it you know talks about counseling them mentoring them uh, advocating uh, uh, for them to uh, to move in and around that installation you can you can definitely be a squad leader platoon sergeant and perhaps a first sergeant uh in these large uh, installations uh but obviously uh, there are other broadening and generating opportunities uh that ncos uh, uh, should take advantage of in order to be that well-rounded nco
0: let me play devil's advocate here, gents. What, what about an NCO who maybe doesn't have somebody who, who can advocate for him? Uh, maybe the first, so, like I said, being a devil's advocate, maybe the first sergeant or, or, or sergeant major is uh, doing things elsewhere or whatever the case may be. Uh, what do, what can an NCO do to advocate for themselves uh, or what can NCOs do to advocate for themselves if they don't have somebody to advocate for them?
1: You can always talk about always find a mentor, always have a mentor, always have mentors, uh, you know, and it doesn't necessarily have to be an NCO uh, mentor. You, you, you'd you be surprised uh, because there's a lot of mentorship going on of NCOs, and, and uh, you see a lot of officers doing that, uh, as well as senior and, uh, enlisted folks. You see a lot of that mentorship, and so if it's not happening inside your formation. Uh, for some strange reason, uh, then you know, reach out to other senior NCOs, senior leaders, to to uh, to help you out, advocate for you. Um, and like I said before, calling HRC and, and seeking out that guidance uh, is always welcome, always welcome, uh, because you, you'll find that inside the uh, the footprint are those PDNCOs that are going to do those. Those things for you. They're going to help you out, uh, and and they're going to make sure that you know you're taken care of, obviously. Uh, but but again, finding that mentor uh, is always going to be helpful. Uh, if if your first sergeant, your star major, uh, is is for some odd reason uh, uh, not there to assist you as much as uh, as possible, uh, you know. Uh, have that frank conversation with, with uh, you know, uh, your platoon sergeant, maybe. Uh, but uh, always look, uh, you know, to senior NCOs or NCOs that are, you know, a senior ranking than you. Actually, if you're an E6 or E7, and you find that uh, E6 or E7 buddy that's uh, gonna talk to you about uh, your assignment, a uh, little, we'll, you know, just be to find someone that's a little, uh, with a little bit more senior kind uh, uh, behind them.
0: When a soldier receives orders, what are some of the first things leaders should do? Or is that kind of digging into? Because I know you were saying that you should probably start looking within. After twenty-four months on on station, do you go into the marketplace after that, or do you go into the marketplace? At a certain, I don't know. Maybe you can you could expand on that for me.
1: A uh, NCO can uh, normally. Uh, incurs once they're in a the unit about 36 months, a uh, 36 month YMAP. You know, they're, they're 36 months. Uh, 12 months prior to their YMAF, uh they're going to be looked at uh, to be put in a market. Okay, so 12 months out, uh, that's when NCOs are are, are going to enter a marketplace. So uh, they'll be in the market. Get, it's a six-week uh, market where they can go in and they can look and uh, and, and see all the assignments that are going to be open to them uh, once they uh, hit their 36th month time there on station. Now, now you know, once they uh, come out of the market, they've already done their preferencing and everything, uh, it takes uh, around four to six weeks Uh, for them to be placed on an assignment. So now you're looking at anywhere from uh, 10 months uh, to be placed on assignment instructions, six to 10 months uh, to be placed on assignment instructions. Uh, And now once you get placed on assignment instructions, then uh, the installation uh, will, will, uh, cut orders for you. Uh, HRC does not have anything to do with the orders cutting, orders processing, uh, you know, uh, timeline. Uh, all HRC does is the assignments instruction, uh, placing the person on an uh, assignment, uh, the uh, installation does the uh, the orders processing.
0: I'm really glad that I asked that question, that you broke it down to the, to, to that simple form I think that it's important. Maybe, you know, once soldiers, once NCOs get to, to become more senior, maybe you take for granted the fact that you have you acquired this knowledge about how things work, whereas those who are younger or maybe haven't been in the Army that long, maybe they, they just don't know and don't know to ask. So that information you just provided, I think it's it's, it's very relevant to, to the audience because there might be some people out there who don't know this process. I know for sure. An NCO that my NCO, Staff Sergeant Woods, who was our our, our pre, who was the uh, previous NCO, uh, replaced by Sergeant uh, Staff Sergeant Cox, and it would have been uh, interesting for for us to be able to discuss this uh, before he PCS to to his uh, duty station that he's at now. So I appreciate that, and you breaking it down, I think, is important.
2: And something we didn't talk about in the article um, currently, there's four marketplaces a year. Um, so as as we go, there's each marketplace has a, a five month block of, you know, when you could get your, um, your report date to occur. Um, but the other thing that, you know, it's a little nuanced. It's part of why we didn't put it in writing is that it's changed. There hasn't always been four markets a year. Maybe it'll change in the future. We don't know. And that's not in any way me speaking for HRC. Um, but. Also, depending on the size of your MOS, your MOS may not necessarily be in every single market. If we have um, an MOS within the ordinance branch that has a really small population, you know, an 89 Delta 50, for example, it doesn't necessarily make sense to run a market four times a year when twice a year um, makes more sense when there's only gonna be six individuals in the market and it gives them a little more choice to, to consolidate them. Um, we don't always do that, but it's worth understanding that there's a rhythm to these markets and, um, and you want to talk directly to your branch and your, your assignment managers, your talent management, NCOs at HRC to understand what your particulars are about your marketplace.
1: Hey, sir, you, you, you hit on something that, uh, you know, that, uh, a lot of times folks, uh, miss, and I'm really glad that you brought that up, which is not every MOS has a market every single time. Uh, And that's really key because from time to time, and and, you know, I I look at social media uh, and I also hear a lot of folks say, hey, I I know the market's open, uh, but I didn't have anything. What's the deal? Uh, So I'm really glad that you mentioned that because you're right. Not every MOS, not every skill grade, pay grade has a market every single time that's open. So I appreciate you saying that. And, and uh, Mr. Zapata, uh, you know, for the benefit of everybody that's going to listen to this podcast, uh, one thing uh, is uh, is uh, needed to be said. Uh, HRC uh, is always there to uh, make sure that folks understand the process, uh, the market, the manning process, the assignment process, uh, and, and they're willing and able to uh, go out there and provide that. Uh, uh, that information because uh, you know uh, in in the uh, the environment that we were in for a couple of years uh, you know we kind of we kind of lost that uh, uh, we kind of lost that uh, not being able to uh, you know visit the uh, posts and, and do those things and so really happy to do it in the podcast and uh, you know to publish this thing uh, but uh, HRC is there to assist and help anybody that wants to uh, get this valuable uh, message and
2: valuable knowledge out. Yeah, no news is good news is no longer true, right? It's safe to talk to your branch. Uh, It's okay to make a phone call. Having these YMAVs, uh, having these marketplaces, having an ability to stabilize or extend your YMAV if your unit's going to request that are all things that make it so that the old adage of, you know, if you don't talk to branch or that's probably not an adage, the, the old suspicion that if you don't talk to branch, maybe they'll leave you alone. Uh, no longer true. Talk to us sooner rather than later.
0: You said in your article that once NCOs are in the Askam marketplace, that they now belong to someone else. What does this look like in a unit, and what does it mean for the NCO? You
1: know, when the uh, NCO, and this is this is after you know folks have uh, requested uh, you know uh, stabilizations or uh, uh, things have been uh, uh, have been looked at uh, from every CMF, every uh, uh, for a management field, uh, every MOS, every pay grade, uh, all the markets are set. Um, once an NCO enters the market, those units uh, that have uh, requirements that need to be filled, the NCO is going to preference, you know, from one to end, however many uh, you know preferences that NCO has. Uh, an NCO can have anywhere. Uh, they they can have a whole number of of uh, units that they can preference for. Those units uh, have have that uh, have that requirement that needs to get filled. And so now uh, it's no longer that unit that that NCO is at. Uh, you know that that uh, that uh, is going to uh, have that requirement for that NCO. Uh, those other units are looking to get that NCO into their formation we mentioned earlier uh, it's not about losing the NCO it's about uh, you know creating more uh, opportunities for great NCOs to move to another unit so that they can see that greatness in that NCO Uh, and and the unit that that NCO is leaving from is going to uh, gain another great NCO uh, so, when a unit is uh, "quote unquote" losing an SEO, it's not really them losing. It. Uh, they're they're going to they're going to gain another SEO uh, during the uh, during the cycle during the manning cycle. Uh, but those losing units, uh, I'm sorry, those gaining units, uh, they're they're going to be looking for that SEO to get there. Um, and so, when an SEO is preferencing all these units. Uh, that's really where that mentorship. That's really where uh, you know making sure that they understand well where they want to go to, how they want to uh, 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 use their their talents, uh, and what places they want to go into. That's where uh, that market mentorship goes into play. Uh, those gaining units are going to require uh, you know those NCOs to uh, to go into those units. We 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 can't just uh, uh, try to pull an NCO out of a cycle simply because uh, during a a Manning cycle it's it's a little too late, and so now those uh, senior NCOs have to make sure that uh, when they're they're talking to those NCOs, say, hey, look, these are units here that you're going to be able to excel here. Uh, you've already you've already learned uh, in our unit. Now you're going to be taking these talents elsewhere. That's that's really uh, what we mean by that.
0: You mentioned that command teams that command teams that demonstrate their understanding of how soldiers departing their unit fit into the army talent management do not go unnoticed. Can you share examples of when you when you've noticed uh, this in various units?
2: Hey, I have a good example of that from my my personal career. Um, I was a G four in uh, a small unit in Europe, and uh, we had a couple of NCOs in the G four shop who we were definitely talent we needed within the section but in addition uh some of our down trace units uh you know needed the same skills and um my my g4 ncic came over and and you know pitched an idea to me um that was just spot on for talent management we had a um a promotable sergeant first class. There was a, there was a opportunity to go take a first sergeant position actually standing up a unit. So that added to the, um, the piece and we wanted to find the right individual for it. And so we found that first sergeant job for him, despite the fact that we could have definitely held on to him. And as a G4, we didn't limp, but we definitely needed to train up some additional people to fill the gap that was left. But by my NCUIC bringing that to me, when I pointed it out to the chief of staff, um, that just became the kind of thing that spoke positively to our reputation, right? We as the G4 were still gonna accomplish our mission, but we were gonna make sure that the units within our footprint were also successful. And some of that is about moving your people around, right? That's a maybe a higher level example, moving to first sergeant, you know that happens. But I would say the same is true when, you're able to demonstrate to your command that you can take a staff sergeant who's currently an excellent squad leader send them to that you know broadening assignment generating assignment perhaps they go to you know be a recruiter which is great for their career and you take a sergeant promotable and groom them to be that squad leader not only have you demonstrated that you understand the bigger army mission and you're willing to let people go, but you've also demonstrated that the talent that's in your formation is there because you're training them.
1: You know, I, I think uh, I think it speaks volumes when uh, not only are senior NCOs involved in the talent management process uh, of, of viewing these things uh, as, as opportunities, uh, but it speaks volumes to you know uh, our, our, our fellow uh, officers uh, that are with us. Uh, to to acknowledge and and also say, you know what uh, first sergeant mass sergeant, whatever you are absolutely right. how can I assist? Uh, how can I help make this NCO successful so that you know other units are successful uh, and how can we go ahead and implement something in our current unit to make sure that we stay successful? So you know it, it's it's a it's a uh, it's a real feather in the hat. Uh, to to hear and know that, you know, officers and NCOs working together to make sure that the NCO Corps stays strong uh, through uh, proper talent management.
0: Do you gentlemen have any other ideas that could help or uh, change or tweak the current Army talent management program?
2: So I think there's a next article that's already brewing as far as what we're currently talking about. Right, Right now we're talking about the sending unit letting somebody go or maybe not even letting them go but being deliberate about where they go so that we um we employ talent the right way and one of those things that that has come up a couple of times is you know what if what if somebody's in a position where um it it frequently happens a great example is you know if they're the general's driver um and we'll just go with that there's probably a category of those kind of positions where you got picked and you have somebody senior who can speak on your behalf and um, there's another opportunity that can follow that and we'll sometimes get phone calls at hrc that that ask us to take somebody who's who's currently in that position and move them to another unique opportunity and those are always awesome and we do what we can to support those but the conversation that needs to be had is where is the talent piece of that, right? If somebody who is um, a mechanic is currently a driver, that's obviously not a mechanic position unless their own vehicle breaks down, Um, and then we're going to move them to another organization that is also not doing maintenance, we have to bear in mind that that individual enlisted in the Army in order to be a mechanic and in order to be Um, a talented supervisor of other mechanics, they need more opportunities to be in the motor pool. And so we're looking at having these conversations where, you know, maybe it's something that, you know, you owe that person a favor, but hey, technology is good enough that you can schedule that um, after the next assignment and say, hey, look, uh, Sergeant, I'm going to take care of you, but I'm going to have you, I'm going to take care of your career as well. So I'm going to send you to go do um, a maintenance supervision job. And then in two years, I'm gonna get back in touch with you because I know you wanted this opportunity and I'm gonna pull you into that. So it's it's really looking at aligning talent, employing talent as it goes, but you know it's acquire, develop, employ, and retain talent within the um, Army People Strategy. Um, Sergeant Major Rendon is gonna be able to tell us a lot about acquiring talent. He's going to MEPCOM. Uh, develop is really a trade-off thing, but as the operational force, those assignments where we employ talent is part of how we develop talent. So we just want to consider that um, as we assign people around the Army. How are we employing them in a manner that further develops them?
1: Uh, yeah, Yes, sir. And, you know, in acquiring talent, you know, like, like I said uh, uh, initially, uh, you, know, you need to start... Uh, as an as a soldier, start looking at, you know, the long term. Uh, you can start looking at things to do uh, from the time you come into the Army, uh, you know, five, 10, 15 years down the road. There's nothing saying that you can't do that, uh, but it, it does require, you know, some mentorship. It does require you, uh, the soldier or the NCO, uh, to, to understand uh, your career development path and then be able to... You know, have those kind of conversations not only with your leaders there, but also with HRC. Uh, like Colonel Beeson said, long gone are the days of you know, uh, if if HRC doesn't hear from me, they're, they're not going to pay attention to me. No, you have to you have to communicate often, not just to HRC, but uh, you know, across the uh, across your unit. Uh, but uh, being able to uh, uh, to predict where you're going to go uh, two, three assignments down the road. Uh, Is definitely something uh, in terms of talent management that uh, you know uh, we we would like to and uh, to do and, and pursue uh, here soon.
2: Over. Yeah, and and to hit the last of the concepts, retain talent. Right, there's no better way to retain talent than making sure that our great soldiers have the opportunities re- required to get promoted. Uh, it makes it a lot easier to stay in if you uh, you keep moving up.
0: You talked a little about, uh, at the very beginning of our conversation, you talked a little bit about choosing the NCO Journal, to publish with the NCO Journal. Uh, I know there was a process. Can you talk about a little about why you chose to publish with us, and what do you think of the process, and would you encourage others to do the same, and why?
2: Yeah, I'd, I'd love to talk about that. So uh, I mentioned at the beginning I, I have a couple of professional publications out there. Um, and my particular thing, I have, I think it's 10 articles that I've got out there, and of those 10, uh, six of them I co-authored, and it, it really is, uh, there's there's three ways to co-author, to, to put it simply, the, the way that everybody assumes people co-author is, you know, you both maybe open up a Google Doc uh, that you share, and, and somebody goes in there and writes, and somebody else goes in there and writes, and that is the absolute hardest way to co-author. Uh, if you have a best friend, a brother, a twin, Uh, then I'd recommend that, you know, an office mate might turn into the right person for that. But the other two ways to co-author are much simpler. Um, One way is the idea generator and the writer. And that's what this article was from. Um, Our, you know, Sergeant Major Rendon, Sergeant Major Jones um, gave me the ideas. I like to write, so I was willing to type it up for them. I handed it back to them. Uh, they came back, hey, let's change this. Let's be more positive here. Let's make sure we include this concept until we had something we felt was worth submitting. Um, the the third way, and I'll move on to the answer to your question, the third way is kind of the same way you build an op order. There's one person who leads it. They assign sections to different people. That's also challenging. The um, But once we had that idea together, uh, we sent it into the NCO journal. We chose that because this is a topic for NCOs because... We wanted the the breadth of your audience. We wanted to make sure that we got the word out to people. And um, what I didn't know when I submitted to the NCO Journal is how much editorial excellence I would get. I think I submitted a pretty decent article. Um, when you know when these gentlemen said it was okay to push send, I was pretty happy with it. And if you'd have published that document, I'd still be, you know, proud of it. And I think Sergeant Major Rendon and Sergeant Major Jones would be too, of what what I typed up of their ideas but the um the editorial team at the nco journal uh made it into a great article and i'd say if you've got ncos out there listening um and you're saying hey you know i i read this article and it looked hard to do that's terrific send whatever you've done to the team and they'll make your article look hard to do as well um, because the editorial work that the nco journal put onto this article made it better uh made it very polished and really i'll say thank you it's it's better than it would have been and uh it's it's a good team and i i think nobody should feel intimidated about sending something in if they're looking at their own work you got to know the stuff that you're seeing out on the net has some uh some other people who put their hands on it to make it as good as it is
1: a lot of times ncos uh are are, i don't want to say uh uh, put off by by professional writing, writing in general. Um, But I believe that in the end, if you give it to other folks to look at anything, it doesn't matter if it's an award, an evaluation, uh, an article, an essay, whatever. If you give it to other folks to look at and you get and and you're okay with that criticism, that constructive criticism. You know uh it, it's not it's not uh as intimidating uh as uh, as some folks may feel it, it is and, and i'll tell you right now uh me not being a, a an excellent writer uh and seeing what uh uh colonel Beeson and Sergeant Major jones uh provided me uh, i just gave a few uh you know a few tidbits of information something that uh you know i, I thought would uh, would benefit and then just to see the end product, uh, really, I, I just want to say thank you to uh, both of you and, and to the NCO journal uh, you know for for you know making this thing uh, what it truly uh, should be. and that is something for the NCO Corps and and honestly for leaders across the army to read and be able to uh, capitalize on uh, with, without uh, the efforts of uh, Colonel Gleason, Sergeant major Jones, and, and the help and assistance from NCO Corps, uh this would not have been possible. And honestly, those uh, conversations that you have back and forth in the cubicle over here uh, at HRC uh, proved to be the uh, you know the, the the genesis of this thing. So, uh, everybody, thank you. Uh,
0: thank you for being with us for for taking the time to to have this conversation with us and to expand on on your excellent article. It was a pleasure working with you, and and I appreciate you. Uh, the back and forth, uh, I think, was, was very helpful. And, and, and that's why, one of the reasons why we changed our, our publishing process here because we wanted to have a little more of the back and forth and, 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 and polish that article even more than we would have had we uh, had a, a shorter publishing time. So thanks again. And thank you to our audience. Remember to put your knowledge to the page, submit articles, and get published with the NCO Journal. Don't forget to check out our webpage and follow us on social media. We'll catch you next time on the NCO Journal Podcast.